welcome back to Destiny Takes Flight, a Wings of Fire podcast, where we will be discussing Wings of Fire, a well-known series that I think is the best series ever written. If you have not read it, please do. You can check out all my book reviews on this podcast if you're not convinced. If you have not read all the books up to book 15, then there will be spoilers. Today, we will be going over the geography of Pyria and mapping things such as the diamond caves, the mountain of which the dragonettes of destiny were trapped under, and more. Please keep in mind that it might be helpful to have a map of Pyria nearby. First, we will be discussing the claws of the clouds mountains. This mountain range was near the center of Pyria and was the location of the mountain in which the Dragonettes of Destiny lived for 18 years. Although the precise location of this mountain is unknown, it is likely to be one of the many near the Skywing Palace on the wing of Pyria. For when Queen Scarlet captured the Dragonettes of Destiny, she mentioned that they were trespassing on her territory. Since Skywing territory does not go further than the wing of Pyria, the only logical explanation would be that the childhood home of the Dragonettes of Destiny was one of the 28 mountains in Skywing territory. Since we have successfully mapped the location of that, let's now talk about the mountain range itself. 10,000 years ago, in the Age of Darkstalker, a gate mountain was the tallest point on Pyria, but a storm caused it to collapse, tra- trapping Darkstalker and giving the title of tallest mountain to Jade Mountain, which remains as tallest to this day. This mountain was also the location of Jade Mountain Academy, the school that the Dragonettes of Destiny founded sometime after the War of Sandwing Succession. It has two points and is on the south side of the Claws of the Clouds Mountains. That was the Claws of the Clouds Mountains, and now we will be discussing the Bay of a Thousand Scales. The Tale of Pyria, this was part of the Kingdom of the Sea. It was made up of 20 islands and was the homeworld of the Sea Wings. It is also the location of the ruins of both the island and summer palaces which were abandoned. And somewhere below the waves lies the Deep Palace, which remains intact to this day. One possible theory is that the Deep Palace is to the east of the Summer Palace. But if that is true, then technically it is in Skywing waters, right? That is another question. If a Sea Wing was caught swimming off the coast of, say, Skywing territory, would that be Skywing territory or Sea Wing territory? You can send your opinions to me through the Q&A below. Anyway, the palace couldn't be to the west either because there's several islands in that direction and the palace would have to be very far down to avoid those. In book two, Tsunami described the swim from the deep palace to the surface as short, so it couldn't be to the west. It couldn't be to the south either because if you have a map of Pyria from the first or second arc, you can clearly see a large island south of the summer palace. That only leaves the north, which does not have any islands in the way, and is ocean as far as the eye can see. That being said, I think we can say that the Deep Palace is somewhere north of the Summer Palace.
and now we'll be discussing the Old Night Kingdom. In the town of Pyria, it is bordered by a mountain range known as Darkstalker's Teeth by the Ice Wings due to the fact that the border of the Night Kingdom was Animus Touch so no Ice Wing could get in alive. Its most well-known landmark is probably the Great Diamond made up of the school and palace to look like a diamond. It also contains the Diamond Plaza, a large plaza made up of marble in which the queen liked to host big parties. Another feature of the Nightwing Kingdom is a large cliff with the aristocratic dragons living at the top and the commoners at the bottom. And according to the full-color map set in the Age of Darkstalker, the Kingdom of Night also contains many pine trees. It is also revealed that it has many libraries and is basically paradise. And I wish we could dive deeper into this subject, but that is all there is to say about it, so on to the next part. Okay, so since we have been talking about the Nightwing Kingdom, it only makes sense that now we talk about the territory of their enemies, the Kingdom of Ice. The home of the Ice Wings, this Arctic environment was the head of Pyria. It was bordered by the Great Ice Cliff, an animus-touched wall that shoots icicle spears at anyone who tries to pass it who is not an Ice Wing. It's been a while since I've read the books, but I'm pretty sure that the wall cannot miss. The Ice Kingdom is also home to Queen Snowfall's palace, which was also Animus Touch, so its ice would never melt, never crack, and never harmed by outside attack. That was its original spell, but in Winter Turning, they also reveal that another Animus enchanted its walls to reflect the weather outside. Another well-known Animus gift is the Gift of Light, a tree hand carved from ice that is enchanted to behave like a regular tree, and instead of leaves, it grows moon globes. This gift is stated to be quite useful to the ice wings because it allows them to train all night. The books also say that it is possible for ice wing. It is possible ice wing dark vision used to be stronger, but no ice wing dares say it out loud as if it it is criticism of animus magic. The ice wings also have thousands of other animus gifts in the queen's treasury, a hidden treasury that only the queen knows about that contains the animus gifts. But probably the most well-known animus gift is the gift of vengeance. Also known as the Diamond's Trial, this is the second animus gift Queen Diamond gave to the tribe. It allows a dragon at the bottom of the seventh circle ranking to take the spot of the highest ranked dragon by battling each other in a labyrinth. It also involves awakening Foe Slayer, the mother of Darkstalker, and killing her. After that stage of the trial, it moves on to the two dra- dragons fighting each other with icicle spears and one freezing the other. And 
And since we just went over the territory of Hailstorm, we should probably now go over the territory of the dragons who captured him. Skywing territory. I already partially discussed this in the segment about the Claws of the Clouds Mountains, but not all of it. Full of mountains, the Sky Kingdom was the Wing of Pyria. It was the home of the Sky Wings, the fastest, strongest dragons on Pyria, and contained Queen Ruby's palace. In Book 1, it is revealed that the palace contains many of the Sky Kingdom's landmarks, including the Palace Arena, the Hatchery, and many other things. This is probably due to the fact that much of the Skywing population lives in the palace. This makes sense because it is revealed that most of Skywing territory is mountains, so the only other place dragons could live would be in caves. But some dragons do live in caves because in the Dragonette Prophecy, it says the Skywing egg in Mountain High will give to you the wings of sky. But then again, the only hatchery in the Skywing Palace is the Royal Hatchery, so maybe that egg was just in the mountains because there was no place for it in the palace. But even if that is false, Peril was hatched in the mountains and her mother raised her there, so some dragons really do live in the mountains for one reason or another. For our second to last segment, we'll be discussing the Mud Kingdom. Fully made out of swamp, this hot and humid place was the home of the Mudwings. It was ruled by Queen Moorhen and was surprisingly close to the rainforest. In Book 14, it was revealed that it has a lot of undergrowth. It is unclear whether or not Mudwings have the power to breathe fire here, because in Book 1, it is revealed that Mudwings can only breathe fire when it is warm enough, and it is true that it is rather hot in the kingdom of mud, but this heat comes from the humidity of the swamps, so this might cancel out the fire. Although little is known about the Mud Kingdom that hasn't been said already, it is a common home for outlaws and refugees alike. in this episode, we will be talking about Sandwing territory. Although one of the biggest territories, around three quarters of it are unoccupied. This is probably due to the fact that there are not many oases in the desert, so many dragons live in the scorpion den. This well-known location was home to many thieves, peasants, and crime lords. It was divided into two parts, the known lands, which were run by Thorn and her outclaws, and the underworld, which was run by Kibli's grandfather, Vulture. Despite him being richer than any other dragon for miles, with a sprawling palace complex and a secret organization known as the Talents of Power, he never conquered the entire Scorpion Den until Thorn became Queen of the Sandwings and therefore left the area. The only two known dragons in the Cave of Sand who didn't live in the palace nor the Scorpion Den were Prickle and the III, who lived in shacks. But probably the most notable feature of the Sandwing territory is the palace. Formerly the home of Queen Oasis, it is now inhabited by Queen Thorn. Although a palace, throughout the books they call it a stronghold. In the books, it is mentioned that the stronghold looks much like a block of sand with all the windows closed and 
guards everywhere. It contains a kitchen, bedroom, dungeons, and even a palace arena. It also contains a treasury in which the fake Eye of Onyx and many treasures stolen from the Nightwings were kept. And I'm afraid that's all we have time for today. Stay tuned, Dragonette of Destiny, and see you next week.